All right, so uh, so far in the program, we've covered um, a lot of techniques. Like in section one, we covered like all these basic techniques, or foundational techniques, not really basic, but foundational. Mm -hmm. And the second uh, section of the program, we kind of started to build on that. But, but basically, what we've done so far is introduced a lot of techniques, right? Or like we were talking about the other day, tactics. So as we start to go into the third part of the program, I thought it would be a good idea to talk about overall strategy and how to like weave all the techniques together and how to decide what to do and when to do it and how much is enough and what's going to help us <laughs> get over what hurdle and th right. those kinds of things. Sure. Perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we can so where do we start with that? Wax on poetic about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much of that there's. I, I think one of the things with any program is that people want this very cut and dried sort of bullet point program. Right. You know, and I get that part. I mean, that's a structure and we like that, especially with something that's so amorphous like a, you know, let's call it overhead, you know, energetic or spiritual program, right? It's like, okay, it's already pretty, I mean, I don't want to say wishy-washy, but you know, it's amorphous. It's hard to pin it down. Yeah. And so, except for things like, you know, the tactics of it or the techniques of it, right? So, um, so there is that desire for any person to want to really, you know, get some cement in there, so to speak, you know, earth it down a little bit and, and ground it in something that's uh, practical and point by point. You know, how do I get from point A to point B? You know, again, you know, I think that that's, that's it's a good idea and we're going to try to, I've always tried to, you know, put that in there, but at the same time, there has to be that balance of flexibility as well because not every person is the same, right? I mean, we have some general characteristics that are the same, but then there's some variation <clears throat> with each person. So, uh, you know, you have to take that into account. So there isn't a cookie cutter approach as far as that goes. And so as long as we sort of hold that in the background, um, you know, sort of playing in the background constantly, then it'll give us a little leeway and people won't feel like, oh, um, you know, if I follow this exactly, but I can't follow it exactly, so I'm not doing it the right way. Or the opposite, it's so wishy-washy, there's no structure there, and I don't know where I am within the structure of the program. So, so I think you've got to constantly urge people to, um, you know, have a certain amount of structure so that you have some valid metrics that you can go by to gauge where you are and <clears throat> and judge where you are basically um, just as landmarks so that you know what I have to work on a little bit more and then you can tease that out and other things that you have to sort of sit back and go okay you know it's like <clears throat> obviously for the type of person that I am you know I need to have a little bit more leeway or I need to look, work a little bit longer on this aspect that's more difficult for me where, you know, other things may be much easier for you. And I find that that's the case with almost every person. There would be things that are just, like, simple for them. You know, they get it right on the very first time, and it's perfect. You know, and other things that they're just struggling over, and they have this idea that everything should be, you know, just simple and goes in there, you know. Yeah, it's all simple, but it's not easy. I mean, you take some diligence, right? And, and again, we're not all made up the same way. So people need to relax. You know, this is a lifelong project, you know, I mean, not the seeing itself, but the whole program, you know, it's, it's a small piece of a much larger construct, right? So, um, you know, this is your life. It's like, 
you know, you're not going to get it all. I mean, it's like you can't just take a drop of something and expect that you're going to have all the wisdom of the ages packed into your head at age 10. <laughs> so it's like, or 30 or 50, right? So, you know, it takes, you know, it takes time to sort of assimilate yourself to that, right? So uh, there's a reason that people, uh, you know, basically, you know, ask anybody who, who has exercised for more than a couple decades and they're in really good shape, right? I mean, you still get sore because you switch up your routines, right? You're constantly adjusting and, and uh, reworking your routines because everybody knows it's done that for a while. If you just keep doing the same thing, you're going to hit these plateaus where you're stalled. Nothing's really happening. Nothing's growing anymore. You're not getting any more flexible. You're not getting any more strong, you know, all of those things. So it's the same thing with these types of, you know, there's no difference with this. So when you were originally learning these techniques and, you know, for yourself specifically focused on opening your third eye and being able to see energy and going through that process, you, you know, we know that you were in more of like a temple type of setting where it right. was where it was a little bit more regimented, right? Mm -hmm. It was just like, do this, then we're going to do this, and now you're going to do that, and da-da-da-da-da. But did you get the sense that um, that there wasn't so much of a rigid structure there, like what you're saying now? Like, uh, there wasn't set daily routines, but their their approach in teaching and guiding people through this process was similar to what you're describing? I think it was, I think it's a combination of two things. I think it was not a priority for them. The seeing itself was not a priority. I see. So, you know, it was, I think of all the people that I know and, and from other people that I've questioned from other, other schools like that, um, the only people that that really was a big thing for, or was, there was a little more emphasis put on it were people that were going into a, uh, a field where engaging with people, you know, like medicine or something mm -hmm. like that, it was more of a focus on that a little bit, not a lot. It wasn't like, okay, now you're going to go through three years of training of specifically learning how to do this. Uh, I've never met anybody that had that scenario. You know, I took it upon myself because it wasn't emphasized. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the things were there, but it wasn't emphasized. It was sort of like when it happens, it happens if it happens. You know, it'll happen, in, uh, you know, sporadically, but nobody was going, nobody after, was going it. after it, right? So it was like I took it on myself to, you know, push those techniques and constantly question about, you know, how do I do this? How do and I do, do you that? do think that you were inspired by a lot of the Castaneda stuff that you were reading? I think it was partially that. And I thought that, you know, thinking that, again, that for myself it was more like, what else could be done with that? What else what, could be done with the, with the seeing. seeing ability? You know, it wasn't just like, you know, the coolness wears off after a very short period of time, right? Because again, if you do it correct, it's not like it's constantly on, right? It's like you're shifting, you have the control to turn it on and off. I mean, that's the, that's the ability you want to achieve. You don't want this blazing, you know, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I don't have a name for it other than seeing. I mean, I try not to emphasize it or de-emphasize it, right? Mm -hmm. it's ju it just is. It's a technique. That's all it is. It's an ability. That's, that's it. There's really nothing there that's, uh, you know, what I would consider, and maybe this is a key too for people, is like, I don't consider it to be like some kind of superhuman 
development. You know, it's like, I mean, it takes time to develop it the same it would take time to develop a good body or at the same time it would take to develop a, a skill of archery or whatever it is you know it's like it takes years to do that really really well right and and if you want to be you know what we would consider professional or something like that you know very you know in the two percent of that skill where you have exquisite control and you can turn it on and off and you can you know you really just have ultimate control of that you know that's two percent I mean it takes a lot of effort to do that it means the effort toward other things is going to go by the wayside too because you can't do everything every day there 24 hours in a day is not enough time to do everything that you could possibly do even in this program there's no way you could practice every technique for the right amount of time every day for the rest of your life there's just no way i mean it's just too much for the course of a day so you have to find you know Again, what are your priorities? You know, what is it that you're trying to achieve ultimately? And, you know, which things are going to give you um, the best leg up in getting that goal, right? And so, and seeing is one of them, I think. So, but you can't spend 24 hours. I mean, you could, I guess. You could spend, you know, eight to 10 hours a day doing this stuff. But, you know, what other kind of life would you have if, you, if that's all you did? So why do you think that... Um in the Castaneda books, Don Juan, his teacher, put so much emphasis on that ability. Because it, it, I think the only reason to do that and for any school of thought to put that much emphasis on it is because it goes, you know, it goes beyond the shadow of a doubt that, that there's something more than the physical reality that you see in front of you and gives you a catapult into, um, like, just like I was thinking back then, you know, the, you know, what else could I do with this once that cool factor was gone and, you know, impressing girls or whatever it was, you know, whatever my ulterior motives were at the time, I can't even remember. But it's like, but once you get past that point, it's like, what else could that do? You know, what else, you know, how far could you take that? And what else would that, um, you know, is there a way for that ability to open up other avenues for you or make it easier to go into other esoteric or other um, energetic faculties? Well, can you answer that question? Yeah, it does. So how? <laughs> well, uh, again, it's like any other diagnostic. I mean, think about the way that we are as creatures and we're mostly visual, you know? So it's like, I mean, yeah, we have all these other senses, but really you take those other senses away, you can pretty much still function in the world to some degree right but uh, it's not as pleasurable for sure but you know it's there and but you take your vision away and a lot of times it's you know it's out of all of the senses that's the most difficult one to navigate around without right so um, and so I think you know drawing that analogy it would be the same thing with seeing I mean you can you can obviously without seeing you can get to all of these other things I know plenty of very good practitioners that can't see but they they've achieved a lot <laughs> you know without that ability and uh, so I just feel you know at least for myself and I I think for most other people that I know that I've taught to do this that it's opened up avenues of achievement in other areas that um, you know that came to them a lot quicker using that skill you know, you can see, you know, sort of the nature of things. And, 
and you know what things deserve your attention and what things don't deserve your attention it all comes down to your ability to uh, interpret the information that you're getting just like you know visual interpretation right is uh, you know what is that thing that I'm looking at <laughs> you know is it something harmful is it something uh, benign is it something beneficial to me you know w what is it and you know a lot of times we're using visual representation as an initial sure you know sort of um, uh, diagnostic you know, to see if that's, you know, something that, you know, you'd want to put more, uh, you know, uh, losing the words, uh, you know, like you'd want to investigate it a little bit more, you know, and I think seeing is the same thing when you're dealing with um, the energetic realm or, you know, that underpinning of what's all here, the energy aspect that underlies, you know, the physical matter and us and everything else that's here then you know you need a way to differentiate between them and I find that seeing is a good way to differentiate what what deserves your attention or follow-up and what doesn't you know you start to s you literally see things in a different way so you can see if something's not kind of in the way that you want it to go then you can dismiss it you don't have to waste time on that because time is our most precious precious commodity right so mm. You know, and we do, we waste a lot of time, you know, on just fooling around or doing whatever, right? It's like, uh, but, and also looking at things. I mean, scientists, I mean, they're not wasting time, but they they spend a lot of time, you know, going down blind alleys or whatever and finding out at the end that it doesn't go anywhere. And you have to do that. But, you know, I feel that seeing is one of those things that can sort of cut that, you know, cut those things down to a certain extent so you're not wasting as much of your valuable time. Mm. And, uh, um, yeah, so. Okay, so then from a strategy perspective, going back to that, it's like, um, do you think that the whole, you know, a as we go through these techniques, hopefully we're doing a, as adequate a job of giving people the idea of, like, what does it look like when you can do that well and how, you know, how might you, or how should you feel after that? Or, you know, yeah, you know, that, that sort of thing. So they have kind of an idea of after doing an exercise. Yeah. You like mean what to, it's, yeah. yeah. Sure. And, and I think we've done that fairly well so far and hopefully we'll continue to, but you know, do you think that as an overall strategy that since there's no like one size fits all, everybody has to go after the, uh, you know, producing the ability for themselves, but always, you know, you, keeping their own counsel about what practice to employ next to move themselves on, on their path. Yeah, I mean, we give a general outline of that, obviously, more than a general outline. You know, in my opinion, this is the way that it will progress the quickest, yeah. right? But, uh, but again, allowing for variability for each person, you know, they can adjust those things slightly, although, you know, the major... I, I think the way it would go if I were looking at it, and this is the way that I do things now, if I find that there's some procedure that I want to try out, um, I do it in the order, the exact order that it was given. And then, uh, you know, if I feel like, okay, did I achieve the result? If I didn't achieve the result, or I want to make the result better, and I can, um, I can look at that 
procedure and say, okay, it looks like I might need a little more work on this or a little more work on that, I'll go back without doing the whole thing over again and work on that one segment and then put it in to play and see how that actually adjusts. I mean, you know, we try to do it, you know, in a way as systematic and scientific as we can, right? And uh, uh, because I, th I feel that that's, that's another one of those good aspects of, of, of doing this the way that we're saying is that it takes a little more of that, you know, amorphous nature of what we're doing out of the picture. You know, it's like, okay, we're going to systematically track this down, do these techniques, see how, you know, see what the end result is, and then go back and look at it again and adjust those things, do a little bit more work here, do a little bit more work there, try it again, see where it goes. You know, we're really very systematic about, you know, trying to get, always looking at the end result as being, you know, uh, paramount. You know, it's like, forget about the technique, forget about the, uh, you know, the, the strategy overall, or even the analysis, you know, more like when I'm doing it, I'm not analyzing at all. It's like, I really, I find that that's a, that's a critical thing that people need to cultivate in their own work is that I find it's very difficult for most people to leave their analysis on their desk when they're doing a technique, right? It's well, like, they just, you know, they, they're analyzing as they're doing it. And, or the analysis continues as they're doing it. And I find that that's a very, that's a uh, detriment. You know, it, it, it splits your energy in two different directions. You're not fully engaged in the technique and you're not fully, uh, you're not, 100% of your concentration isn't going on performing that technique to the best of your ability. Part of it's analyzing what's going on at the moment when it's happening. And uh, you know, you gotta leave that for the end for the beginning before you do anything and then at the end when you're analyzing the result that you achieved. You know, don't try to analyze at the same time because you're just, you're taking energy away from, you know, what you're doing. You've got to be really focused on what's going on and that's more of the form and not the structure, you know. Right. So that just means that before you do the technique, ideally you would have a pretty good understanding of what, what each piece of the technique right. is for right. and how it works and I mean, one of the things that, you know, if we want to look at it, the broad program that we're doing, right, it's like one of the things that we, we hedge that a little bit with is that we do guided meditations, right? Which is people don't have to, you know, they can run through, we, they, we give a little explanation ahead of time, but they don't actually have to think about memorizing the, you know, the routine. They can just listen to it and follow along. Well, that sort of, you know, that sort of takes that analysis part out because they don't actually have to like oh what's the next step oh what's the next uh, let me let me immerse myself in the form of doing this and focus on this part of relaxation or whatever it is but oh what's the next body part that comes or <laughs> you know it, it like slips in there all the time if they're not completely sure of what's going on it's like there's always an aspect of your mind that's going toward the okay what's the next step in the structure you know what's the next step in the structure and that again splits you in a way that you know bleeds off mm. energy from focusing on just doing it to the best of your ability so, so decide in advance you know or ha first of all you're saying have a map of the exact technique step by step in your head so you don't have to think about what comes next that's what you mean by one right. of the things that you mean by analysis right so it's like you're not you don't have to think about oh 
what yeah what, oh what comes next or what should I do next or whatever you already have a really clear idea of the technique in general and which technique you're doing and all that kind of stuff so right because one no, of the, like decision absolutely. making in the middle that's right because you know that's the thing it's like you know imagine that you're you know you're relax something as simple as relaxing the body you know you get to let's say you know the left shoulder and then but part of you part of your mind already is going like okay what comes next Oh, the upper arm, the deltoid, you know, the, you know, the mm. trap, the, you know, or the bicep, the tricep, you know, it's like there's a part of you, even for a split instant that knows, you know, this looking for that to be next. And so instead of it just naturally flowing into the next thing that it's so, that part of it has become uh, so embedded, it's a natural flow. And that even if I were to skip that, I mean, most people that would break the you know break the current there so to speak right if they you know skipped the upper arm and went right to the elbow or something it'd be like oh that little bit of oh is is you know instead of just going back and doing it or just keep going and forget about it it'll catch up with the rest you know that little bit of like so, that rattled as little as it seems it does take you out of that flow and so now you're basically you know from where you've gotten to relax, it sort of bounces you back up again. And now it's like you're trying to go past that point again. And there's another piece of your mind that's always going back to like, you forgot that, you forgot that, you forgot that, you forgot that. You know, so it's like wearing at you on a regular basis. So, you know, being able to continually, you know, know the structure so well that you're just going to move with it. And even if you do skip, a, you know, skip something is, you know, something sure. inconsequential is missing a body part with your relaxation because that's going to relax anyway right so um mm. you know that it doesn't really it doesn't trip you up wow there's no stumble there i think that that is a really important subtle but important guideline for when you're sitting down to do any practice right yeah it's like literally to know like exactly what you're going to do right right and and before you do it and and to understand and know the technique really well bef before you go through it mm -hmm. so that you can let that part of it go because right. it didn't really you know e even for myself i didn't think about it that way um and you know it's but it's interesting as you're talking about it that just seems like such a key point that idea that like for every little question or you know thing that you might have missed or you know whatever it is every little thing that you focus on other than the doing of the technique takes away and robs your energy from the actual experience of doing it right yeah. i mean that's the whole idea with flow and focus right is that you know you have a hundred percent or as close to a hundred percent focused on what you're doing at that moment mm. you know not fractured into you know 15 different smaller versions that are all going against what you're trying to focus or on. Or even two. Even two. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. I mean, and we get that idea, you know, that's... Uh, you know, that's not my own thing. That's, that comes from alchemy, you know, where it's like, you know, because the procedures are so specific and, you know, and some of them are long and very technical, right? So, I mean, laboratory alchemy, not, <clears throat> not spiritual alchemy. And so... You know, we read through the whole technique to see what the end, you know, and looking at what the end result is supposed to be. And then, you know, we memorize that. We look at it and we memorize it. And then we go through each segment 
and analyze each segment. This is what we're doing here. This is how long it takes. This is, you know, all the technical aspects too. This is the temperature this should be. This is how long it should be for. This is, we memorize all of those components so that when we're in it, because not like chemistry where, you know, I set it, put a timer on, I'm done, you walk away. When the timer goes off, I go back, I change it. You know, it's like, I don't really have to, it's not critical that I observe the process. In alchemy, we observe the process. We, we're mentally, you know, we put a big emphasis on the, you know, observer phenomenon. You know, that what you want to happen is caused, you know, partially at least by observing it and expecting that to happen. And so that would be, you know, a very, you know, a, a, a difference between like chemistry and alchemy mm -hmm. classically. Okay. Sure. So, so. And so if you apply that to even, you know, any energetic practice, any spiritual practice, you're going to have the same thing, you know, read through it, read through it, sort of get a good idea of all of those things, you know, like the, what's the procedure exactly, you know, it doesn't have to be a complete memorization, but you want to have a good sense of the flow of it. Cause I'm, you know, again, on the opposite side of that, I'm constantly telling people, just do it, just do it, just do it. Because I don't want to stymie them by saying, oh, you have to memorize this whole thing before you can do it. And no, I want you to get in there, jump in there, jump in with both feet and do it. Because then you'll go back and you'll look at it again. Because believe me, if you forgot a part, it'll show up. So for instance, with something like the burning meditation, if someone were doing that, that's obviously got several steps in a specific order. Right. So if someone was going through the relaxation mm -hmm. and they got to, let's say the end of the relaxation, mm -hmm. right? And then they were going to begin the, you know, the, the burning proper, the or burning whatever. process, right? right? Uh, but they felt that their relaxation wasn't deep enough. Would you encourage them to go back and go do it back again. and do more relaxation? Yeah. So, but wouldn't that be like if I'm in the middle of doing that technique, wouldn't that be kind of like a, you know a point where I have to make a decision and I'm kind of like you know bouncing myself back to the yeah. beginning? And would that not represent some type of leakage of energy or focus in that way? To some degree, I mean, yes. And at the same time, you know, we don't want to be so rigid that we're just pushing through things for the sake of pushing through them, right? So it's sort of like I'm gauging it. If I'm still fidgety and I'm like, you're gonna get 2% out of the burning anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. In my way of thinking, it's like, you know, isn't it better to go through and really force my body to be disciplined and shut down? You know, relax every muscle, relax every joint, you know, do all those things and do even if it's to get a minute of burning at the end, it's going to be that minute of burning is going to be more productive for you than 20 minutes of burning or 30 minutes of burning or 40 minutes of burning when you're still like fidgety and tense and your back hurts and you're, that's, you're going to get next to zero out of that. So it's much more important, you know, that's the foundational practice. But that would be different than going through the relaxation like halfway and then deciding to start over. Yeah. You yeah. would prefer that like you follow through at least like a segment of a practice mm -hmm. from beginning to end, step by step, not questioning in the middle, just going through the process, focusing on each piece. And then, you know, if it's not, if it's not, uh, if it didn't take you far enough or take you deep enough, then just coming back to the beginning of it. Yes, but that being said, it's also, you know, we won't, this is the point where the guided meditation is more rigid than the 
you know, than one that is not, where yeah. you're just doing it on your own, right? Because it would be very difficult for somebody to start a guided meditation over again. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't go back. It's already continuing on. The process is continuing whether you're there or not. And, you know, and now you're split because you're thinking, oh, I should go back and start this over again. Or, you know, where if you're not using those audible cues, you can go through. And if you get through the body, you can just say, oh, wow, I'm still really you know, my back is knotted up, I'm not comfortable, let me readjust my position and start over and see if I can relax that. And, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's a much more flexible way of doing it. So, you know, there's a, there's a, there is a real advantage of not doing the guided meditations, you know, so, you know, and that's what I feel that most, uh, you know, most serious people do is that they, you know, they use the guided meditations in the beginning to help them you know, get a feel for it, get a flow of it, you know, that type of thing. And then, you know, and it helps them to memorize as well, because, you know, there is a little piece of their mind that will say, oh, this comes next. Oh, this comes next. Oh, this comes next. And it does. And it's a reward, you know, a little dopamine there, a little drop hit of that. And then you're moving on and, and it's, it's comfortable, right? You can relax a little bit more. You don't have to completely memorize it. But after a while, it just, I mean, it doesn't take long. It's not that complex a meditation, sure. right? And so, and then to do it on their own, there's a little bit more of a free flow there because everybody will have a little bit different pacing. Everybody will have a little bit different time when, you know, like, like we found that a lot of emotional trauma is wrapped up not in the muscles, but in the joints, in the joint spaces. So, you know, for people like that, it's, it, it's very, uh, uh, it's very good for them to spend a little more time on the joints every joint in the body as opposed to the muscles. The muscle groups relax pretty well, but the joints hold a lot of emotional trauma. And so, you know, relaxing those joints, going back and really taking your time to relax the joints from the finger joints all the way up in the, you know, maybe starting with the major joints, you know, wrists and elbows, knees, you know, shoulder joints, hip joints, you know, those types of joints where they're bigger, you know, and you'll feel like when you really focus on that, you can almost feel them, you know, sort of opening a little bit. There's a little separation. You'll feel a little click or a little pop or something like that. And, you know, and they usually, when they come through that and they go through the burning with that, they get a huge amount of relief and it really stays with them much longer. So, you know, it's not always, you can't always do that with a guided meditation because there's a pace to it, you know, where, you know, for, for somebody else who's memorized it, they can just sort of take their time. And I think that, you know, hopefully, um, you know, thinking about this conversation as being a little bit more abstract, but taking that idea of the burning meditation that, you know, in, as an example in this conversation, almost like a microcosm for the whole program, mm -hmm. right? Because all the things that you're talking about, about these personal details is like applicable to the course as a broader whole, I think, and, and any technique that you're, that you're working on. It's hard to kind of pin down like exactly how to do, you know, each thing because like, or, or how to combine all the techniques in the best way for an individual because at the individual level, it becomes so nuanced. Right, right. And again, uh, sort of going back a few questions uh, prior, you know, one of the one of the things that you know should be kept in the back of everybody's mind when they're doing the program is that yes, it's good for you to go through these things and sort of 
muddle through them as much as you can in the beginning. But if you get, you know, stuck in a place or there's a, you know, a hurdle that's particularly difficult and you're not really sure, you've tried a bunch of different ways to get over it and it's not working for you or whatever, then, you know, that's a great time, you know, to say, okay, well, I've, I've done my best trying to get through this. Maybe I can just, you know, maybe I could get a question answered or a little bit of help to, you know, sort of uh, get a different opinion of how to get through that. And, um, you know, I think that that's one of the best parts of this program is the question and answer part because, you know, again, when one person asks the question, I guarantee you there's 30 other people that were thinking that question and they just didn't ask it. Mm -hmm. But it's going to affect everyone in a positive way. So, um, and I, I believe that that's, again, one of the best parts of this compared to other programs is the question and answer portion of that because we can cut the learning curve down so much and it doesn't take a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's just a simple, a very simple adjustment to sort of get through that, that blockage, you know, and, and then you're off and running again. So <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a good, that's another good thing about, um, you know, having that individual approach. It's like, yeah, it's a lot more flexible, but you can come up against stuff that you've tried all, all the tricks that you know, which may be not many at this point. And, uh, but it's just not going. And so you can't ask a book a question. <laughs> you know? So, you know, the book isn't going to help you get over that hurdle. Right. And, you know, and for a lot of these, you know, famous authors, they're not going to be available for you to ask a direct question. And so, um, and again, I think that's one of the better, better aspects of this program is that, you know, we're here to answer your questions, you know, whatever comes up, it's probably something that we have seen in the past in one variation or another. And, and, and the, the fix is usually quite simple. So it's just a matter of hearing it. And a lot of times when I say something to somebody and they'll go like, Oh, I thought of that, but I didn't do it. Or that makes so much sense. Okay. Let's just do that. Right. And it's not some, you know, you know, go off and meditate for 10 days in the woods to figure it out on your own. No, it's, you know, try this. <laughs> right, right, right. I think this will, will hit it nicely for you. <laughs> and if not, let me know and we'll find it. There's a million ways to get around this. It's just a matter of finding what's going to be most applicable for you. And, you know, we try to base it on people's experience as well, right? So that way, you know, it's not something that's so foreign to them. And, and, you know, we go from there, but that's where we've seen the biggest, you know, successes for people here is that, uh, you know, we're not trying to, you know, give people a completely different mode than they're used to or what they've trained with or whatever, whatever they've done for, for, uh, training in the past, doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it was even all that good, but whatever it was, you know, we're, there's a way to sort of couch it in that technique to, you know, kind of help you not feel like you're starting all over again for the most part. Mm -hmm. So cool. All right. Thank you. I mean, I know it was a little bit more abstract, but, um, and, you know, but hopefully there are some details in there that will be helpful as for people as they're going through, depending on like where they're at and which technique they're working on and, so on. And I think the basic idea in the end, you know, if we wanted to make it all succinct is to everybody really knows when they're being lazy and when they're being, you know, 
overly hard on themselves. I think if people are honest, you know, they really do know that. And so, you know, it's to, you know, don't beat yourself up over stuff that you're, you know, that takes a long time to figure out and experience, you know, revel in the richness of the experience that you're exposed to and that you're exposing yourself to. And, um, you know, find, find the joy in that and then, you know, and the adventure of it, right? It's a journey. It's not, it's not like, you know, eat these pills and you'll be better tomorrow, you know? Take this, you know, two blue pills and a glass of water and your headache will be gone in 30 minutes. You know, it's, it's not that cut and dry. You know, this is, uh, this is your life and hopefully your life isn't going to be that short. You know, so, you know, it's an extended journey. So, you know, don't, don't rush by what's going on right now in order to, you know, try to jump to the next thing. You know, you're going to, you're going to be, you're not putting enough appreciation on what's going on right now in front of you. You know, it's like, it's not all about, you know, an ability or all of these things. It's like, you know, try to, you know, find that, um, excitement, you know, in the process of exploring and finding out all these things, because you're not just finding out, you're not just trying to acquire that ability, you're finding things out about yourself, which will be applicable in every aspect of your life. And I think that that's another, you know, that's sort of the point of all of this in this conversation right here is that, you know, it's supposed to help you in everyday life. I think any spiritual practice that doesn't do that is a waste of time. If it's always pushing it out to, you know, after you die, after, you know, or, you know, in 20 years or whatever it is, you know, it's like, you know, it should help you right now. Yeah, you can have a goal or, you know, a, you know, a strategy that's trying to get you to this end result, you know, whenever, you know, in a certain amount of time, hopefully. But, um, you know, that doesn't negate what's going on right now. And whatever techniques that you're practicing, whatever you're trying to achieve, you know, you should come out of every one of those sessions, even if you didn't achieve it, you know, feeling like, wow, that was, <laughs> that was a wild ride, you know, uh, or you know, I you... learned something about myself in that and I learned, okay, maybe I need a little more work in this territory or whatever. Yeah, I didn't achieve the goal, but I know what next step to take. And so the next experiment's going to be even better. Right. And that attitude, you know, fostered over and over and over again brings a new appreciation for the rest of your life. You know, all the other aspects of your life, which hopefully if you're doing this right, this is infiltrating and being the base which infiltrates your whole life, right? I mean, that's our basic premise. That's my basic premise is that, you know, this is sort of the base that infiltrates everything in my life. You know, my relationships, my success with whatever I'm doing, right? My health and, you know, my spirituality. It's, it, this is the practice that sort of is the base of all of that and infiltrates every aspect of that. And so every little thing that I do, every technique that I practice, every result that I get, it gives me information and helps me enjoy and, uh, you know, really live fully, you know, all the other aspects of my life. That's, that should be your, you know, a good litmus test for you for anything that you're doing. You know, does it actually make the rest of your life better? <laughs> you know, 
not just the achieving of the goal, but does the practice make your life better every day in every area of your life? That's a, that's a, that's a good litmus test to check with, to check in with on a regular basis. You know, if it doesn't, if you're still a miserable curmudgeon or you're still sad all the time or you're still this or you're still that, then something's wrong. You know, your practice isn't working. You know, you, if you still feel wanting constantly, your practice isn't working. It shouldn't be that way. Or you're just applying what you're doing or you, in this yeah. little segment, but that, you know, that's the argument that a lot of people have with, you know, esoteric practice, let's say, is that it's an escape, you know, oh, it's like video games or, you know, you know, you're just doing it and it has this, you get this enjoyment for a couple of hours and because it, you know, pulls you away from society or isolates you into this fantasy world or whatever that, you know, you're, you know, you're basically escaping from the real world, the real life, right? And it's like, and for me, it's very simple, you know, if what you're doing in those times of practice um, is helping you live in the real world in a better way, and not just for you, but of course, if you're living in a better way and you're enjoying your life more, the people around you are going to enjoy your life more. You're going to feel like you can give more to your family and your community and, you know, your friends and, you know, and your life is going to be better in every way that you can think of. Then, then you're, you know, that sort of negates that, that idea of you're just escaping, you know, it's not a drug trip. You know, it's not like I just need a relaxation and, you know, give me a scotch and let me just fall asleep on the couch, <laughs> you know, is sitting in front of the brain eraser, you know, and watching meaningless stuff that just sort of drones you out into oblivion. That's an escape. You know, it's like, this is not, this helps you, you know, really engage your life on, on every level that I can think of if it's done correctly, you know. It's, it's not an escape whatsoever. Hmm. <laughs> Just my opinion. <laughs> it's working for me. It's working. That's it. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome.